Well, good morning, and welcome once again to Milton Bible Church Online. It is great to be together today. Today we're going to start a new series on the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But before we do that, I just want to kind of make an announcement, uh, just uh, uh, talk to you about the reopening of in-person gathering at MBC that we're hoping happens sooner than later. As many of you know, our premier and our provincial government are leading the way in seeking to keep people safe as we work through this pandemic of COVID-19. One of the things that they have worked out uh, is a three-step plan that will help us to understand when we can gather once again in person. And um, what we figure is that the soonest that we can possibly gather indoors, according to the three-step plan, is probably sometime in mid-July. And that is if everything goes well. Well, the elders, we've been discussing a plan on moving forward because our heart and our desire is to be together as soon as possible. So what we've uh, come up with in working with the three-step plan that the government has laid out, we realize that in stage two, we're able to meet outdoors together as long as it's uh, within the safety parameters that, that the government has laid out we're allowed to gather as a church outdoors. So as soon as we are able, and according to the plan, it looks like we may be able to do that as soon as Sunday, June the 20th, Father's Day, we will begin outdoor gatherings at the Connect Center. We'll be meeting in the parking lot outside with a live band, with um, people presenting, they'll be preaching, probably a bit shortened services, but we do want to be together. So hallelujah. We'll come, we'll praise God, we'll bring our lawn chairs, we'll make sure everything is set up properly, and we're going to really enjoy one another. Now, once again, I, I, I ask you not to hold me to these dates, because, you know, as the scripture says, no man knows the day or the hour where this is actually going to happen. God knows, but we don't know. But that's what we're aiming for. And we hope that you're excited about that because I know we are. I know I am. I can't wait for us to be together again as a church family. And so one of the plans we have on the very first Sunday, whatever day that is, that we're able to gather, we're going to have a big barbecue. We're going to bring in caterers. We're going to make sure everything is safe, but, but the food's going to flow and, and the, the laughter is going to be shared and we're just going to have a great time together on that Sunday. It may be Father's Day. What a great way to celebrate our fathers on earth and of course worship our Heavenly Father and bring him honor and glory. As well, we're going to continue our online presence. Should it rain, we're all going to run home and we're all going to you know, watch church online. But as much as we're able, we're going to be together and we're going to, we're going to set up every Sunday out, outdoors and we're just going to worship the Lord and praise God together. I hope you're excited about that because I know I am. I think it's a fantastic plan and, uh, and we're looking forward to being together. Well, let's pray. We're going to get into the scriptures, so let's pray together and uh, we're going to look into the words. So, 
Father, we just want to thank you for our time together today in your word. We pray your blessing upon it as we open up the scriptures. We pray that you would teach us the spirit-filled life that you so desire each one of us to embrace and to enjoy. Thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Well, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, these are characteristics that you and I, <clears throat> as believers, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, should possess in our life. It's a part of walking in the life of the Spirit. It's, it's a part of living in the power of the Spirit. But sometimes we just don't feel that freedom. We don't feel that life flowing through, through us, do we? Sometimes we even feel constrained. We even feel, feel pressured, you know, <clears throat> even in the midst of a lockdown. Well, you see, in Galatia, where Paul writes this letter to the church in Galatia, they were being pressured too. They were being pressured by a group called Judaizers. And they basically had a legalistic process for new Christians in which they said to new Christians, listen, it's great that you've made a decision to follow Jesus, but, but first before you do, you need to become Jewish. And in order to become Jewish, you've got to be circumcised. And what they started to do was lay out this legalistic step-by-step -step process in order to follow Christ. A legalistic pattern in order for people to become believers. And it was throwing the Christians in Galatia into havoc. And the Christians were writing Paul and they were saying, what do we do? What do we do? And the Apostle Paul has the perfect answer. He says the right question is not what will we do? The right question is who shall we be? Who shall we be? You see, it's more important to God who we are than what we do. Because it's out of who we are that emerges what we do with our lives. And all I'm saying is this. Is, you know what? You could have seven ministries in the church based upon your six spiritual gifts. And you can be working night and day and be used in all those ministries and still not be pleasing God. Because somehow we think we've got to earn our salvation or we need to get brownie points before God for God to love us more. Or if we feel that if we just work an extra hour, we are going to get God to like us more or to get a star beside our name. And the Apostle Paul, when he looked at the children of Galatia, as I'm looking at our Milton Bible Church right now, he says, he says to them this, and I say to you, if you really want to make a difference, focus first on who you are, then on what you do. So in Galatians chapter 5, Paul contrasts two kinds of people. He talks about people who live under the flesh, and he talks about people who live under the Spirit of God. And they're so different that it really is a night and day picture. There's no gray in here at all. So let's look at Galatians chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 19 to 26. 
And in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, we see the first group of people described. And Paul describes them this way. <clears throat> he says, now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgy, and things like these. Now, next, Paul says something that uh, you probably should take note of if this is your lifestyle. This is what he says. He says, I warned you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's a pretty bold statement, isn't it? It's a pretty dogmatic statement. And then he goes on into verse 22, where we're going to talk about what we're going to dwell today, which is the fruit of the Spirit. And he says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. What he's saying is this, there is no law against behaving in any of these ways, and because we belong to Christ, we've killed our selfish desires and feelings, and God's Spirit has given us life so that we should follow in the Spirit. So don't be conceited or to try and make other people jealous by claiming to be better than they are. Now in verse 22, when Paul talks about being loving, happy, peaceful, patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle, self-controlled, he's talking about the nine qualities involved in the fruit of the Spirit. I want you to understand this. He's not talking about the nine fruits of the Spirit. He's talking about the nine fruit of the Spirit. It's singular. It's singular. It just happens to be different qualities. So let me illustrate. When you go to the produce section, you're in the grocery store, and you see all of those apples in the pyramid. And I don't know why. I'm 62 years old, but I want to go and get my apples from the bottom of that pyramid and just hope that that just thing just, you know, goes like that. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm such a child. Um, but I can't wait to see what happens. But you know what I'm saying. You go to the produce section and you get people and they take a look at the grapes and they put them up and they look at them up against the light and they see what is, you know, those grapes are going on. And then they come along to the plums and they squeeze the plums. And they want to know how hard or soft they are. Then they pick up a watermelon and they thump the watermelon, boom, 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 you know, because they want to see, you know, what, you know, where the watermelon is at in its, uh, in its maturity. And, uh, and, it, and it, it's just kind of like that with the fruit of the Spirit. Paul says, you know what? When it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, we don't treat them like we treat the produce at the grocery store, where we pick one up and we say, you know what? Here's joy. I want some more joy in my life. I want that fruit of the Spirit. But faithfulness, gentleness, patience, I don't have patience. So we kind of put that fruit back. Paul says fruit. This is the fruit 
of the Holy Spirit, the characteristics of God's life in us coming out through the empowerment of the Spirit. You see, it's very possible to have joy in your life and not be faithful at all. It's very possible to have gentleness in your life and totally lack faithfulness. And Paul doesn't want us to go around picking out which fruit we like and which fruit that we don't like. He wants us to become quality Christians that are well-rounded and not lopsided. And he wants us to have all of the fruit within our lives so that we can be appealing and attractive to the world, but also so that the life of the Holy Spirit can well up within us and we can demonstrate to the world who God is. So when we think of fruit and not fruits, three things happen. The first thing that happens is we remove the freedom to pick and choose. When we start thinking of fruit instead of fruits, we start thinking them as a singular unit, characteristics that we're to have all of. We, it kind of uh, removes our freedom to pick and choose. So no longer I'm gonna pick or choose whatever fruits that I really wanna work on in my life because the tendency is for us to go to the things that we naturally do well and we naturally tend to ignore the things that we don't do well. So if we're not patient, we just say, oh, that's not really an important fruit, is it? No, I'm a gentle person, so, you know, gentleness is the most important. No. Secondly, when we think of fruit and not fruits, it removes the temptation to prioritize these qualities, to say one is more important than the other. One has a higher priority than the other. One is better than the other. No. They're all important. They're all the fruit of the Holy Spirit that God desires to build in us. And then thirdly, we see them related and essential for our lives when we uh, stop seeing them as fruits and we see them as fruit. We see them related and essential to our lives so we begin to strive for them. I wanna to talk to you about the connection between the root and the fruit. The root, of course, is God. There's a connection between the fruit and the root, and the root being God himself. It's God's spirit that we begin to possess within our lives. And for every one of these qualities, these character qualities that we're talking about, you can see that God himself possesses them. They're part of his character. He is patient. He is kind. He is faithful. And you can go right down the list. But there's a problem when we make the connection between, between God's characteristics and the characteristics that we're supposed to have. There's a tendency for us to say, you know what? God is love, peace, joy, patient, gentle. But you know what? I'm not God. And so we have a problem. We say, well, you know, that's God and he can be God and, and you know, but I'm not God. So, you know, I, you know, we sometimes feel that there's this expectation upon us that we cannot possibly fulfill. There's a tendency for us, if we're not careful, to be frustrated 
and to say, you know what, that's a character of God, but you know what, I know who I am, and I know my weaknesses, and I know my faults, and I know my strengths, and I know that, you know, I just can't be that person. You know what, God is not looking at us, you know, like the little kid who looked at his hen, who was disappointed with the size of the eggs that the hen was producing. So he went down to the ostrich farm, and he got this great big egg, and he put it in front of his hens and said, hey guys, take a look at this size egg. Now come on, do your best. <clears throat> what Paul, when Paul gives us the fruit of the Spirit, he's not coming back to us with a big egg and telling us, you know what, do the best you can. He's not giving us something that we cannot achieve or that we cannot accomplish or arrive at. And the reason I know that is because every one of the fruits of the Spirit, every one of these fruits, there's a command in the Scriptures for us to take that quality and that characteristic on. There's a command in the scripture for us to obtain this quality. So in the area of love, the Bible says, love the Lord. We're to love our neighbors. Yes, the scripture even teaches us to love our enemies. In the area of joy, the scripture says, rejoice in the Lord. In fact, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. For peace, the Bible teaches us we're to seek and pursue peace. In the area of patience, the Bible says we're to be patient with everyone. Now, there's one word in that sentence that I don't really care for. And you know what that word is? <laughs> everyone. I don't mind being patient with some people, but some people I got no patience for. There's one word, uh, you know, that's constantly bothering us. So it says, it says we're to clothe ourselves with kindness. All, the Bible also says we're to do good to all people. Again, there's that one word, all. I don't mind being good to some people. I don't mind being good to certain people. I don't mind being good to people when I feel like being good to people. But to be good to all people... Well, that is going to take work of the Holy Spirit. We're to be faithful, the scripture says, even to the point of death. For all of these fruit of the Spirit, you'll find in the scriptures, there is a command to obtain this quality. You see, the fruit of the Spirit is a life quality that isn't just turned on or off. See, every one of us shows the qualities of the fruit of the Spirit at some time. The issue is not, am I patient at times? Am I loving at times? Am I gentle at times? Am I, you know, good at times? All of us could say yes to that. But what we're talking about are characteristics of the life of the Spirit within us in which this is who we are. This is what we become. And out of who we are flows what we do. That is what God is after. It's a standard of life. 
And the fruit of the Spirit is the result of two things. The first thing, it's a result of the divine working of the Holy Spirit within us. You see, it's impossible for you and me to have the fruit of the Spirit within us unless the Spirit of God is moving. The Spirit of God is working. The Spirit of God is shaping. The Spirit of God is forming who we are in Christ. It's impossible for me to achieve these qualities on my own. The fruit of the Spirit is also a result of our human response of obedience. It's twofold. We must have God working in our lives, but we must also have a desire to obey and want these qualities built into our lives. So let me just talk to you practically for just a moment. Because I have a theory about the scriptures that I don't think I've ever brought up before. But I do believe it. Now, it's just a theory. But you know what? I've been around the block a few times. And I see this in people's lives and even in my own life. And I think it's pretty much right on. And I believe that we interpret scripture according to our personality often. According to the thing, the way that we kind of lean easily towards. And so let me illustrate. Let me just tell you what, what I mean by that. Um, you know, and I don't think one way is wrong or the other way is right, but let me illustrate. So I think when a laid-back person interprets Scripture, they kind of interpret it in a laid-back way. Laid-back people kind of enjoy the sovereignty of God, enjoy God being in control, enjoy God working, enjoy God, you know, at work. We don't have to, you know, do too much. We just kind of have to be there and allow God in and let ever, whatever thing happens, happens. And then you've got, um, you know, uh, the, the hard-driving person, you know, the type A. The type A personality that kind of has a list that they got to cross off. They're detail-conscious. They love seminars. They keep their pencils sharp. They set goals. They look intense. They dress accordingly. And what happens is I think sometimes these two kinds of people kind of go at each other. And the laid-back person says, you, you know, the laid-back person um, kind of says, uh, you know, to the, to the hard-driving person, he says, you know what, this is absolutely wonderful. I mean, after all, all I got to do is just live in, and it kind of just oozes out. And the laid-back person looks at the hard-driving person and says, you drive too hard. You're trying to organize the Holy Spirit. And the type A person says, well, I have to organize things because you won't get here on time. And the hard driving person has a tendency to look at the laid back person who says, you know what? You know what? The battle is the Lord's. To which the hard driving person says, yeah, and we're also called to fight the good fight. Now, one of them is not wrong. In fact, they're both all right, aren't they? They both are scriptural. But they kind of interpret scripture according to their own personality, the way they're wired, the way they look at things. Here's what I want you to understand. Because in a moment, I want you to apply where you are, and I want you to evaluate each one of the qualities of the fruit of the Spirit on a scale of one to five. I'd like you to do that for homework, but even just right now. What I'd like you to do is take a look at those nine qualities 
And I want you to say to yourself, this is my weakest, this is my strongest. This is the area I need work in, and this is the area that I am more naturally bent towards. And if you can't figure it out, ask the person beside you. And if you don't have anybody beside you, just you know, make a phone call to someone who is actually going to be honest with you and say, of all these qualities, what do you think is my strongest and what do you think is my weakest? For those I do naturally and well, you know, and kind of laid back in, I have to be careful to be obedient to the Lord in that. And for the things that I want to drive for and shoot for, I have to learn to be dependent upon the Holy Spirit of God. And I've got to learn to balance those things. So on the list of the nine fruit of the Spirit, you know, what I'd love for you to do this week or even today is to list those nine qualities of the fruit of the Spirit and either put a one a two, three, four, five. One being, this is the, the thing that, you know, I'm hitting out of the park. I'm really strong in. And number five, this is the one that I'm weakest in, that I kind of really struggle with. And write down, you know, those things, one to five. And allow God to speak to you in that. Allow him to speak to you so that you can grow in who you are in Christ, in the fullness of the Spirit. So let me ask you, love, how are you doing? How are you doing? Do you find that easy? If it's easier for you, just write a one or a two beside it. It's very, if it's very difficult, write a five. How about joy? How do you do in that area? Are you someone who easily celebrates? You know, easily celebrates the things that God is doing and find delight in that? Or is it like, yeah, no, I, I, I'm trying to get to the next project. How can we do this better? How about peace or patience? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You know, and when you look at those numbers and you see your number ones or your number twos, you know, don't say to yourself, well, these are the most important ones. You know, number fives, you know, they're not, you know, even close. You know, we have a tendency to do that because we're human. So, this is what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to go before the Lord, and I want you to grow in your self-understanding, your self-awareness of who you are. Who are you in Christ? What character qualities that the Lord has for us to live out by the, by the work of the Holy Spirit within us that we either need to work on or we need to celebrate? And what I really want us to do, Milton Bible Church, while we're enduring this pandemic, is really to be able to look at ourselves and become very self-aware of who we actually are. Second thing I'd like you to do is I would like you to celebrate who you are. To say, thank you, Lord, that I'm a person that quickly rejoices. I'm a person that people see as gentle. I'm a person that people can rely on, that, that are faithful. 
Celebrate those things. Give God the glory. Say, thank you, Lord, for what you've done in my life to make me this way. And then the third thing I would like you to do is to invite the Holy Spirit into your weaknesses, into your areas of challenge, the areas that you say to yourself, I really want to grow in. I really want to grow in goodness. I really want to grow in patience. I really want to grow and be more like God in these areas. And just say, Spirit of God, I invite you in. I invite you into these areas. Make me aware of these weaknesses. And even look during the day, you know, when you are tested by God. Because I think if you invite the Spirit of God in, he's going to show you. He's going to give you opportunities of patience, of gentleness, of love, or whatever it is that, that you, you ask him to. But invite the Spirit of God in to do a supernatural work in your life, to grow you, to grow us as the family of God into the image of Jesus Christ by the work of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is a demonstration to the world of the beauty and character of the Lord himself. And so we want to work on these things. We want to be obedient. We want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we want to live that life out for the glory of God. Let's pray together. Next week we're going to look at love. And, uh, you know, they say love makes the world go around. Um, we're going to look at love, and uh, it's just going to be a great time together. So let's pray together. Father, thank you for your work in our lives. And thank you for the desire you have to make us more like your son. And I thank you, Lord, that you've not just left us on our own to struggle through our imperfections or our weaknesses or to even glory in our strengths, but you have given us the Holy Spirit of God to work within our hearts and work within our lives to show us and to grow us and to help us display the beauty and the splendor of the character of God so that the whole world might see who you are. So thank you, Lord Jesus. We pray that we would be mighty in the Spirit, and that we might walk in the Spirit, in the life of the Spirit, on display for the world to see. And we thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks, NBC. It's great to be together this morning. I trust you've enjoyed the worship that God has. We are going to sing once again and praise God in closing. But looking forward so much to our first Sunday together, barbecue, party, going to be a blast, bring your lawn chair, maybe your little umbrella, whatever you need, but we're going to have a great time. All right, God bless you guys. See you soon.